It's just about the foulest insult in the political thesaurus, and lately Donald Trump's been hearing it about himself, from people as different as George Clooney, a former president of Mexico, comedian Louis C.K., and Anne Frank's stepsister. But apart from Hitler himself, which is who people have in mind, what really does the word fascist mean? Robert O. Paxton is a history professor emeritus at Columbia University and author of the book The Anatomy of Fascism. He explains whether Trump is a textbook definition fascist or just seems to play one on television. What's happening now that the term fascism is surfacing in American politics? Well, uh, there are uh, there's language and there's uh, style and manner and uh, that uh, that is a, that has uh, echoes of. Of the, the fascism of Europe in the 1920s and 30s. What are they? Well, there's the claim that the United States is in decline and needs a strong leader. And that was at the heart of what Mussolini and Hitler uh, promised. And uh, they offered us, us a recipe for revival. Uh, nationalism, aggressive foreign policy, uh, uh, attacks on the enemies inside and out without uh, much regard for due process, a, a, an obsession with uh, decline and with uh, enemies like Jews or socialists, foreigners. Uh, so there are echoes of that today. As you said in the book, one of the, the, the preconditions, the soil that has to be fertile for a fascist uh, movement or leader to flourish is a faltering liberal order. Is that the case in the United States? Well, uh, our country was in terrible disarray at the end of the George W. Bush presidency, uh, two, uh, one unnecessary war, uh, two failed wars, a uh, severe uh, economic recession, uh, almost a depression, and much of what's happened since then has been recovery. But uh, there are people in this country whose diagnosis is different, who are very upset with uh, things that have happened. I think there was also uh, an unavowed unease uh, that there was a black man in the White House. No one wants to say that, but uh, it certainly sounds like some people are upset by that. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. The former president of Mexico, Vicente Fox, used the word fascist to describe him. Do you see characteristics in Donald Trump that match up with your checklist? Blaming our troubles on the internal enemy uh, as well as the external enemy is, uh, well, that goes wider than fascism, but it is present in the, in the, in the classical fascism. First of all, you depersonalize them, and then you attach negative images to them, and then you prescribe uh, measures that are illegal brutal, and uh, this is very much what Hitler did with Jews and with Slavs and what Mussolini did with socialists. It, it, uh, that's one of the echoes. Clearly, both Hitler and Mussolini had a game plan and had studied politics and knew political philosophy enough to mount successful movements. Do you think Donald Trump is aware 
of what he's doing in so far as it matches up with these conditions you speak of? Well, I've been saying that Trump is an impulsive person and uh, that these kinds of diagnoses and the, the labeling of enemies and so forth uh, stem from uh, from an aggressive personality and uh, that it doesn't come from, from study. Uh, so uh, Hitler and Mussolini were uh, very skilled opportunists, and I think Trump is also a skilled opportunist, but I think he's also less conscious uh, politically than Hitler and Mussolini. My impression, and I know there's lots of disagreement with this, is that he's a blustery, egocentric blowhard, and this this comes naturally to him, and it has worked. He has an instinct for uh, fears and angers out in the public, and he uh, he matches up with them perfectly. I don't think of Trump as a man who's studied much of anything. He's very spontaneous. Uh, he has a genius for sensing the mood of a crowd, uh, and I think, uh, to some degree, Hitler and Mussolini had those qualities. I, I, I do not think he's learned this from a book. You write that fascism is a 20th century phenomenon, and we don't really think of it as fitting on, as you point out, a political spectrum of left and right. In in, in Germany, uh, there was the, uh, the two parties that were growing in 1932 were the Nazi Party and the Communist Party, and Hitler offered himself as the one force that could stop the communists. And so uh, Hitler and Mussolini took countries that were terribly divided and offered them a middle way, a way that they could transcend the, the disputes between left and right. And I don't hear that kind of language here so much. I mean, we have problems. I don't think we have uh, a communist revolution in the wing. The closest to perhaps a fascist figure in this country, an elected figure that I can think of, is uh, Huey Long, who had been the governor of, uh, of Louisiana. Yes. Uh, Huey Long was, was uh, certainly considered a fascist, and this was the 1930s, and uh, Huey Long, I think, would have rejected the label. He had a kind of a welfare anti-capitalist plan uh, for Louisiana, and he wanted to tax the rich. It was a bit of a Robin Hood about Huey Long, and, and in the atmosphere of the 1930s, people were attacking this fascist. Well, we had real fascists. We had George Lincoln Rockwell. We had Father Coughlin, a prominent uh, radio broadcaster in the suburbs of Detroit who uh, was violently anti-Semitic. These people were openly sympathetic to, to Hitler. And let me put it very plainly. If we Republicans choose Donald Trump as our nominee, the prospects for a safe and prosperous future are greatly diminished. Here's what I know. Donald Trump is a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as a degree from Trump University. Does it surprise you that the established political parties, especially the Republicans, have recoiled from Donald Trump's candidacy? Oh, uh, not at all. I, I think that um, what has happened to politics in this country is that the, the traditional political parties, Democrat and Republican, both have suddenly find themselves divested of the power they used to have to name candidates. Now, back in the old days, you had the smoke-filled room and the party grantees chose the candidates. And people might grumble about it, but there was patronage and rewards of various sorts patched over those grumblings. And then in the 1960s and 70s, uh, it was thought necessary to give the citizens more of a role. And so you have, uh, you have caucuses, you have uh, uh, open primaries and so forth. And now, a new layer of change, we have social media with everybody tweeting each other or emailing each other or sending messages back and forth, an instant political cycle and huge public involvement in this process. And, and both parties, outsiders, have seized uh, the opportunity. And in Trump's case, he's pulled way ahead of, of the kinds of people whom the Republican establishment would like to see nominated. Uh, they're terrified that 
uh, he's going to divide the party and is not a viable candidate because he has so many liabilities. Maybe they're wrong about that. And if they decide they're wrong, they'll, they'll flock to him. In your book, you point out that fascism rested not upon the truth of its doctrine, but upon the leader's mystical union with the historic destiny of his people. That's a pretty resonant phrase to attach to anyone. <laughs> well, I think I think Donald Trump falls far far short of what Hitler was able to do when he mesmerized his crowds. Though he's he's certainly better at it than anybody else. But I think my message there was uh, that in some ways uh, you don't understand fascism best by having a kind of checklist of of programs because they kept uh, they changed quite a few of those. Instead, it's the manner, it's the kind of style, the aggressive style, uh, the assertion of strength and the image presented of somebody who's not going to be bothered by little things like the rule of law or political correctness or uh, being polite and uh, will actually get things done. And, and Hitler radiated that kind of force in a country that hadn't, uh, that hadn't been able to deal with the loss of the war and, and particularly the depression. So uh, my thought there was that uh, you understand fascism as a visceral appeal based on style and image, and uh, it'd be hard to say what Trump's program is exactly. I mean, he's laid out some points, but that's not the real heart of his appeal. His heart of his appeal is the image of somebody who will do things, and it's enormously tempting when somebody comes along and says, I'm a tough guy, I'll fix it. We are going to build a wall, don't worry about it. And, wait, wait, wait a minute. And who's going to pay for the wall? Who's going to pay for the wall? Who's going to pay for the wall? I've never done that before. That's actually true. I've never done that before. Professor Paxton, I think those people in the audience, the people who have voted for Donald Trump, would be horrified to think that anybody would think of them as fascists or as voting for a fascist. Indeed, they would. I mean, one of the reasons uh, fascism is hard to understand and hard to write about uh, historically and in a scholarly way is that it's been used as an epithet so much. So almost everybody has been called a fascist. Well, fascist. any kid whose parents take away his smartphone will call them fascists. It's the worst epithet we can think of. And so I, I tried to give it some concrete meaning, and I think it has concrete meaning. A label like fascism should be useful to explain things. And the trouble with fascism as a label is it generates so much heat and not necessarily so very much light. Uh, so we must remember that there are ways in which uh, Trump uh, is, is not like the, the fascist this thing about the strong state and everybody regimented and wearing uniforms, the shirts the same color and the arms out the same way. Uh, this is not the style Americans. Uh, that, that would be a huge turnoff. I think that there are many ways in which Trump uh, differs from the fascists. I mean, they wanted to regiment everybody. They wanted to have a strong state, whereas uh, nobody in the Republican Party wants anything but uh, less regulation. So I don't think the label uh, works terribly well, and I'm not a great fan of these labels. I, I understand perfectly that no one would want to hear him called a fascist, but then he should stop uh, using uh, these images, uh, retweeting Mussolini and so forth. Professor Robert O. Paxton, Emeritus Professor of History at Columbia, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. The audio is from USA Freedom Kids performing at a Trump rally in Pensacola, Florida. 
Pat Morrison Asks is produced and engineered by Todd G. Levin. I am Pat Morrison. <laughs>